What's up? This is Zach Osborne. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, this is the Bud Man. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Back again with another episode of the Moto X Pod. This week, episode 170, fresh off the very first ever Loretta Lens Pro National. I was in attendance. Uh, try to talk about that here in a little bit. <clears throat> Co-host Scotty T is running a little late. DJ TJ, once again, not in studio. I thought he was going to make it. Unfortunately, he's on the road. Want to thank our title sponsor, Torque One Racing, for all your hard parts, uh, handlebars, brake levers, shifters, etc. Visit torqueoneracing.com. Hit follow them on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Please let them know you're listening to the Moto X Pod show and appreciate their support. Also, shock socks, all sport dynamic wrist braces, blood lubricant oils. Gonna be doing a blood lubricant giveaway on Patreon. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Fly racing. We've got a light uh, gear set giveaway that we started last week. Gonna update you guys on that. Power band racing, extreme colors, helmet painting. Uh, one of our listeners hit me up, said he's had three helmets painted f- through Kirk and at, at Extreme Colors, and that means the world to me, and I know Kirk appreciates it. Also, a Cherubies USA, X-Brand Goggles, and Williams Moto Works. Um, so like I said, I'm waiting on Scotty to get here. We'll try to talk about the National just a little bit. Bear with me. Let me turn this AC off. Not sure if you guys can hear that or not, but let's get that thing turned off. Uh, good show tonight. Ben LeMay. Is coming on talking about his uh, Loretta's and racing nationals. I did not think Ben was going to race the nationals. That's kind of what I had understood, but he said he's going to race all nine rounds. So that's awesome. <clears throat> we also have Ryder D. Francisco coming up, winner of the Super Mini one and two classes at Loretta's Amateurs this year. He's going to come on, and Darian Hickey's going to come on. We talked to her a few weeks ago. She was going to race or did race Vegas to Reno solo. And uh, we're going to hear about her experience. Um, it's pretty interesting. If you guys fo- started following her on Instagram, you may have seen her story and what happened. Uh, if you haven't, you need to. But she'll be on tonight to talk about that. What I want to do is touch on, real quick, the light gear giveaway. We started that last week. And you know with this show, sometimes I come up with try to come up with contest ideas like while we're on air. And it never really goes very well. So the idea was, I told everybody to pick their top three and a wild card for Loretta's. And we would also do that for what was supposed to be Washougal this week. Obviously, now it's Loretta's too. I I need to – let me stop this real quick. I'm going to run in the other room and get my notes. Hang tight. Okay, I'm back. That was lightning quick. I bet you guys didn't even notice I was gone. Uh, so I, need, I wanted to go get my notes on the, the picks and the points. Um, so obviously, sort of confusing, I guess, the way I did it and not very thought out. Uh, everybody picked their top three, and what I did was just give them the overall points. Whatever your rider was, gave them their overall points for the day. Uh, and we had a, a, handi- a handicap, but I didn't really specify anything specific with the handicap other than a position. What I should have done, what I ended up doing was 90% of you guys picked Brock Tickle for your handicap and just gave you the points. He didn't finish in the position that we picked, which I think was 12th. 
Um, he finished outside. I think he finished 14th or something like that. It's pretty close, actually. But um, what I'm going to do and I, for, for the next one and for any time we do this from now on is if you get if you happen to get the handicap, it's a bonus 10 points. Otherwise, it's just whatever points you got. Dude, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out on the fly. It's not easy. Dune Goon did a good job with the fantasy deal. Um, but we've got everybody pretty close. Uh, 215, here's just some of the points, 215, 215, 232, 107. So a couple of you guys only pick 450. It's supposed to be 450 and 250. So that's a bummer, man. Didn't follow the directions. Sucks, huh? Um, one of you, uh, sent us your picks for round two for Washugal. If you want those picks to stand for Washugal, send me an email. If you would like to send new picks for Loretta's two, Send me an updated list. But what I need from everybody now is obviously your top three for Loretta's two coming up this weekend. Top three in 450s, top three in 250s. And we're picking a wild card. We threw that out last week. Um, my notes are in front of me, and I don't have what the <laughs> the wild card was for the second round. So let's redo it. Wild card for this upcoming week is uh, 16th. So giving you a wild card for the 16th will – Pick a winner after the second round and give you guys – somebody's going to win a set of the 2021 Fly Light Gear. Stuff's badass. Still waiting for September 1st so I can get mine on order. Uh, other than that, also going to do a Patreon contest for with Blood Lubricants. I mentioned that a minute ago. So my Patreon supporters, I want you to do the same thing. Uh, through Patreon, send me your top three in 450 and for Loretta's two. And that's, this is a separate contest, and we'll pick a winner for some blood lubricant stuff. Uh, Jeff sent me a, a case of bike wash, blood lubricants bike wash. We're going to give you a bottle of that. We're going to give you a bottle of oil and probably a bottle of um, something else. Uh, I have to see what I have, but we're going to send some stuff out, probably some PolyClean. So three items for, through our Patreon supporters. So do me a, give me an email in through Patreon before Friday, or actually I guess before the race starts Saturday, as long as you get them in. Of your top three, 450, and this time for the wild card, let's go 20th. 20th place for Patreon. So that's for our Patreon supporters. We'll give you guys have some stuff to give away. Uh, I want to talk about Loretta's. Scotty T is in studio now. What's up, Scott? What's up, Dark Side? How's it going, man? Going good, dude. Um, excited to get a show done tonight. I am on call for work, so there is a possibility at some point tonight I could get a call. I may have to pause things. We'll figure that out. I thought TJ was going to be here. He could take over if I had to go. Fortunately, like I said, he's on the road. Uh, so that's our giveaways that we've talked about. We talked about the Light Gear giveaway, the Patreon giveaway for our Patreon supporters, which I appreciate very much. Uh, Scotty, so, yeah, I was at Loretta's. Yep. Um, I don't know if you listened to Pulp last night. They talked about it a little bit. I called in. Um, very, very restricted for me. Yeah. Uh, not allowed to talk to go to any of the tents. They called them pods. And talk to any of the riders, any of the teams, really. So even though they said that you reread and said that they would let you talk. Well, there was supposed to be a media day Friday, and that was supposed to start at one o'clock. And it, I, it was really the pros, the riders were going to ride right two fifty and four fifty uh, A's and B's or B group, a, B, a group, B group. But it was supposed to start at one o'clock and end at three. At one o'clock, they decided they were going to postpone it till two. Now it had rained Thursday night. Right, like, it's rained like a mother effer. Um, on me on the way in, and it had flooded the track, which I found out the next morning. And it was nasty. They were working on it, trying to get it ready. So they pushed it back till 2 o'clock. Uh, none of the riders wanted to ride. 
that I talked to, like none of them wanted to go out. Yeah. Uh, at two o'clock, the B group, two fifty B group, lined up, and I actually did get a quick little interview with Hardy Munoz, who Kiefer, the Kiefer's love. So I got a quick little interview with him, which I'm going to tag on to the end of the show. So it's real, real short, but stay tuned for that at the very end. Uh, but they lined up, and I kind of went over to where I could watch, and I was hanging out, and a lot of the other writers were there, RJ Hampshire, uh, Alex Ray, Zacho, uh, Cooper Webb, a bunch of guys were just all sitting there hanging out, and it's coming on 3 o'clock. They're still sitting there. Nothing's going on. 3.20, they say, uh, we're going to push it. We're going to put. We're gonna go at 3.30. We're going in 10 minutes. And you can look up and literally see the wall of rain coming. At 3.30, starts to unloading again and yeah. they call the whole thing so it was a completely wasted day but yeah wasn't wow. able to get any content they were very very adamant about that the teams they just don't want to take a chance they don't want people coming up and talking to their riders and taking a chance of anybody getting sick yeah. which i understood i mean it is what it is yeah it's i i get it it sucks uh you know and i kind of knew that going in but still driving all that way and spending that money for basically no content it kind of blows yeah but i knew what i was getting into um but oh, I, go ahead. Well, you know, just credit to them, the, to the production team though. From the other side watching it, it didn't really seem that much different. So I know probably yeah. there it was a lot different. Pretty but. good crowd. They 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 capped the number of tickets right. sold. Uh, the people outside the pits, the the general, uh, we call it general admission tickets. Yeah. They didn't have to wear masks. That wasn't being enforced. It was right. specifically for the pits to keep the riders, you know, safe. Again. If you don't agree with everything that's going on, it's kind of frustrating. I don't like wearing masks. It was very, very hot. But I understand, I guess. But overall, I mean, it was cool to see Loretta's. I've never seen it. Yeah. Good racing. Our boy, Zacho, after coming it. on the show, won. He called it. Good for him. Yeah, he said he was going there to win, and he did. Uh, you know, and then Dylan just crushed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone can touch him. Yeah, it was funny. Well, I, I reached out to a lot of people to come on the show this week. Um, on Saturday, I, I talked to a uh, Rocky Mountain team and mm-hmm. said, hey, I want to get Bogle on. They didn't think it'd be a problem, and Bogle had a really bad day, so obviously. Kinda... And when I texted him, he's like, man, I just, I'm not ready. I don't, I don't really feel like doing it this week. Cool. Uh, I was trying to get Dylan Schwartz on. That's who TJ wanted to talk. Dylan said, yeah, probably no problem. But when I texted him Monday, he said he couldn't do it on this Tuesday. I reached out to Styles Robertson, who never answered back. I uh, reached out to RJ Hampshire, who wants to wait a couple weeks. And I'm trying to think. There's like four or five. I, like, I struggled to even get this show booked tonight. Wow. Um, ben LeMay, last minute this morning, said he'd come on. And obviously, I, I told them already and before you got here, Darian Hickey's going to come on talk about her deal. Yeah. And our boy Ryder D is going to come on. Uh, but anyway, talked to Carson Mumford a bunch. Texted him a little bit yesterday. He looked good. Uh, well, what'd you think, man? I mean, sitting uh, at home watching it, you know, what'd you think of the race, how it turned the, out? Cause a lot of people didn't think it was going to be a good racetrack. And even Zach said that, but I think it turned out to well, be a good race with, and maybe that was because of the mud. Yeah. The, the, I've never seen ruts like that. Um, I, well, I saw his name earlier and I forgot who it was now, but he went, his bike was completely just stuck in a rut. Nick Gaines got Gaines, stuck yeah, Gaines. Uh, for a long time and Eli got stuck too, but I don't think they got it on camera. Maybe they did show it during yeah. the race later. But they had to stop. They had the red like, flag basically practice to get him out. Like that straightaway they came into before the Ten Commandments. Like I, I don't think that was. I've never seen anything like that. That was crazy. And then uh, Osborne, um, from the TV side looking at it, um, I was trying to think back when the last time I saw Tomac catch 
be three seconds behind second place with 14 plus minutes left to go and not catch him. So yeah. that was really cool. Props to Zach. That was that was a big boy move right there. It was. It was Zach was prepared all weekend. Uh, you know, and he talked about that last night on Pulp a little bit and uh-huh. talked about it on our show. Uh, but yeah, he he killed it. He he showed up and raced hard and you know, they always say once you get one, they come easier. Yeah. So the, it'd be really interesting to see if he can keep that ball rolling. Yeah. Because there's a lot of fast guys there. I mean, you know, if AC could keep it up, he's got some things to work through with the, the crashing, but the dude's fast, clearly. And, I mean, Jason Anderson, that first moto was dominant. Yeah, he was there. And then, like, what I, I looked at, like, the combination for the overalls, and it was, like, 8, 4, 2, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 7, yeah. 7, 2, right. like, 3, 9, like, it, like, when is the last time we've had parody like that? So I'm super pumped to for, see how the rest awesome. of this is going to go. For us, that's awesome. If yeah. that could continue for all nine rounds. You know, and obviously, so I'm going to shift gears just a little bit. Well, mm-hmm. Chase Sexton also fantastic. Yeah, that that kind of – that was the wild card of the weekend. Yeah, a lot better than I – I mean, I, I think everybody thought he'd be good. Yeah. But he was really good. He was – yeah, he, like, he, like he said, I saw an interview with him where he said he, he kind of – he got a little pumped up, fell back, and mm-hmm. then pushed and got back around Baggett and Anderson, I believe, yeah. and and maybe one or two other guys. And what ended up third, third, yeah. So yeah. that was really, really impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And so I want to shift gears just for a second. As soon as I got there Friday morning, very first team I go by, I'm not going to name names. I get told from this particular team, somebody that knows, hey, dude, you hear the news? Probably not going to Washougal. And I was oh, like, oh, yeah. no, I hadn't heard that yet. You know, and he said, yeah, I think we're going to – this person said, I think we're going to race here again on Tuesday and then be off this coming weekend, yeah. which would have been Washougal, and then go to Indiana. I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. You know, and I just kind of put that in the back of the fi- the, roll of the the filing cabinet in the back of my mind, and I'm walking around. I go to another team. And, uh, you know, again, I'm not like going in the, in the pits because yeah. I'm not allowed, but I'm just passing by and people are saying hi. And, hey, did you hear the news? Probably not going to Washougal. Oh, okay. Two. I go down to the privateers. I'm talking to a buddy of mine. Heard we're not racing Washougal. Heard it from another team as I was coming back up the hill to the top of the hill. So four, three factory teams yeah. and a privateer all told me this. So I, man, I guess I'm going to tweet this out. And what I tweeted was, I think the original tweet said, uh, look for a schedule change later today. And I obviously I should have worded it more along the lines of uh, rumor has it. Yeah. Within a minute or two, I get a phone call from somebody in the industry said, "Hey, did you tweet that?" I said, "Yeah, why?" And said, "Because it's not confirmed. And if Davy or Carrie Joe, which is Davy's sister, sees that, they're going to come unglued." The, and come to find out, some people in the industry that are higher than I am knew about this for a little longer, more more than a couple of days. Right. Like they were aware it was coming. So then I deleted the tweet and reworded it i think i said rumor has it i may still be here in a couple days okay a little but and then they changed everything and they they're you know and from what i understand the teams i was told the teams did not want i think everybody knows this they didn't want to drive all the way back to washougal Mm -hmm. and then come all the way back to indiana yeah um that that just wasn't good and i was told that washougal there's some paperwork some final stuff they had to sign to verify to complete the the process, the, right. you know, the, the contract to make it happen. And I was told they hadn't filled out all the paperwork. Uh, somebody called in from Washougal last night, said that's not true. They were ready. I don't know. Um, but I think the teams had a big influence on why they're not going. I, th- I think that's pretty obvious of why they're not going. And then why they didn't end up staying and racing Tuesday today 
from what I was told, is the team was like, hey, we didn't come out here with enough parts to race again. We were right. planning on going back. Um, so then they moved it. Then I was hearing uh, not race next weekend, do a doubleheader at uh, – it wasn't Iron Man. Maybe it was Iron Man, but it was somewhere else. Yeah. Another round, they were going to do a doubleheader. And then again, they, they had a meeting, decided to race again in Loretta's. And I think that's best for the teams. Not good for Washougal. It sucks for them. But anyway, so thoughts? did well. It's kind of crazy because like, it just kind of all of a sudden that was like the headline. It was just the news. Like, yeah. Oh, we're staying in Loretta. It's like it kind of. It's crazy how grapevine it was and how how much it happened. So you like you said, it kind of evidence towards it was kind of an underlying, maybe like a little bit of a industry. They plot kind of to, knew something yeah, was going they on. Kind of yeah. Cohorted a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I mean, you know, as long as we get the races in, that's that's the main thing. I mean, I do feel bad for the track for Washougal. That's a big hit yeah. income wise, and they've already been preparing. the The caller last night said that you know they've been working for month, a month or so preparing. It takes a lot to get ready, and then all that just to the wayside. Yes, and yeah. you know, and then like Steve was saying, well, they still have their amateur race, which they are going to have an amateur day and Washougal this weekend on Sunday. But it's it has to take a hit. I mean, they're yeah. not having all the the fans there on Saturday. I, I think fans were allowed at Washougal. Maybe not. Maybe that was one that didn't get fans. Either I way, know, I don't know. I, it, it, either way, it's a financial hit. It has to be, and it's a bummer for Washougal and my, our friends that live up that way. It sucks. But this whole year, man, there's just a lot of yeah. Crazy it's going it, it's it, it definitely comes down to like we and I think Wygant's kind of he kind of put it good. It was just like you know, it's just whatever it throws our way, we're just gonna have to keep jumping yeah. over it. So, Dude, speaking of weeds, he gave me a huge compliment this weekend. I'm not gonna say what it was, um, but he he was talking about some stuff going on with MX Sports and some things we're trying to do, and that he used me as a reference on something that I was. That's I, sweet. I, it was cool, man. I was like, all right, you know, I, it's it's kind of cool to hear. Like I, I know the people that listen to the show. They they send me messages and they like the show and they say I'm doing a good job. But it's good to hear that from other people that aren't involved with the show. Right. They're saying, hey, yeah, you are doing a good job, and this I, I mean, you, I talked about you for this particular meeting or whatever. Uh, yeah, that felt pretty good. So I have to say, and I want to tell you, I didn't text you this. A couple of our listeners last week sent me DMs that they really like you and what okay. you're bringing to the table. So well, awesome, I kind of wanted to save that for tonight to tell you that. Um, so that's that's cool, man. I, I think it's yeah. You, no, I, I think mean, you're doing a good job, and TJ thinks you're doing a good job, and TJ's doing a terrible job. So hey, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm <laughs> glad like, I could be here, and I'm, yeah. I'm glad that people like it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Re- that's really cool. Well, let's take our first quick break, and uh, we'll be back with Ben Lemay here in just a moment. We all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need blood lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection. Manufactured here in the USA and designed to handle the heat and humidity. Blood lubricant oil lines such as Pro Elite Series, Pro Series, and the new Scorpion Blood will exceed all your needs. Whether you race moto, sprint cars, side-by-sides, or anything else, blood lubricants has you protected. Tests have shown that engines can run up to 30 degrees cooler while using blood. Just ask Chris Kiefer. DJ TJ and I trust blood lubricants in our machines so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their chain lube, two-stroke pre-mix, polyclean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X Pod show. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get shock socks. Go to shock socks. 
www.ghostbusters.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross. Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom painted helmets tricked out and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, extreme colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998 and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. Just contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com or go to motoxpodshow.com and check out the contact links. Now you too can have a custom painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow him on Instagram at X-T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S, Extreme Colors. Let them know the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Welcome back. Our first guest of the night is brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, which has grown into one of the choice goggle companies for many of the top privateers, like our next guest, as well as Jacob Hayes, Ryan Brees, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, and many others. Uh, tonight, X-Brand Goggles brings us Ben LeMay. What's up, dude? Hey, doing good. How are you guys? Doing real good. So, uh, you know, first pro national at Loretta's. Um, I know you did not get the results you wanted. Uh, just overall, though, what do you think of how the track worked out for a pro race? You know, just because people were kind of questioning the the idea of going there to begin with for a pro national. Yeah, um, I I was definitely one of those. I wasn't really looking forward to it. I just think it's <laughs> too tight and slow for our level of of, um, racing you know we need some faster more high speed but um i mean it is what it is everyone's got the same track and it actually with if you took the mud and and the ruts and everything out of it that the flow of the track was actually better than i thought um it wasn't too bad really like if it if it was dry i think i would have really liked it Okay, um, the mud, the mud, the mud kind of gives yeah. s- sour taste in my mouth, you know. But <laughs> uh, it was better than I thought for sure. Yeah, I think uh, most people probably didn't like the track conditions, other than maybe Dylan and Zach. At the end of the day, uh, you know, it was it was pretty gnarly. Uh, you know, Friday with you know you guys were supposed to have the the ride day, and they did that thing just kept getting pushed back, and the trek was a mess. So I have to assume you're glad you didn't have to ride Friday. Yeah, for sure. It was. I mean, I was gonna go out, and sure. cause it was it was drying up, and then it and then it started pouring. Um, so then at that point, I took my gear back off. I said, "No way, I ain't going yeah. out there." So, um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely interesting. The track conditions were tough, and I'm usually, you know, one that votes for uh, rough and and ruts and all that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I usually do really well, but I don't know for some reason this this weekend I just choked well i talked to you for just a minute and i kind of had the impression you know through some things through social media that you weren't going to race because you know you were you're disappointed a guy of your caliber with the results you put in not having a ride you know not having somebody reach out and give you a deal you were pretty bummed on that but in the end uh you decided to come out um talk about that a little bit what what came about that made you decide to race other than just the fact was it just you're a racer and you, you need to race? 
Yeah, um, pretty much that, that. You know, that's it. I, I felt like I was, you know, taking the whole Supercross season off. Um, I didn't race any, and um, I just wanted to get back out that race. Um, and uh, the biggest thing, the biggest thing was just getting behind the gate again. Um, so, you know, I think being out of sight, out of mind really hurts you as a racer for sure to the industry because there's a lot of other riders that are right behind you or right with you that will take your spot if you're not there. So um, if I'm going to try and keep continuing racing, I need to get back in the spotlight and and uh, do my thing. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I you're right, the, the out of sight, out of mind thing. Uh, we've seen that before, even with guys that do like Supercross only. You know, it kind of it can hurt them a little bit if they're not racing nationals because throughout the nationals, the spots open up. If they're not available and they don't want to race, then the teams are going to overlook them. So I, I definitely see that. Go ahead, Scotty. Um, yeah. yeah. Hey, Ben, you kind of mentioned a little bit about the uh, how the ruts were just you know, like you say, you normally like it rough, but these were just a little different. Like, uh, the, take us through the last couple laps of that race and trying to just. Get, how 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 physically exhausted were you, and how like hard did you have to dig deep to get through that last little bit of the race? Um, yeah, I mean the, I think what was so hard is like I said, the track was slow, so and and there was a million ruts in every corner and straightaway, so there was like too many options, like there was ruts everywhere, and you didn't know where to go, and then all of a sudden one would just you disappear into a hole, you know, and then <laughs> you would lose couple of seconds or whatever um so that's what made it frustrating but um like unadilla always you can expect long deep ruts at unadilla every year and i usually do really well there and, and some other tracks as well but um i don't know i just didn't didn't have a good flow this weekend and that's only myself to blame but um you know the 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 biggest thing that i it was hot i just got super hot at the end of the moto um, I didn't get tired and get arm pump. I didn't get none of that really. I just was hot. And, um, like WW last year was probably the hottest race that I've raced in a long time or ever. Um, I was definitely hotter there than Loretta's, but we were going slower. So you really feel the heat more. Okay. Um, yeah. Where at WW, there's like big booter jumps and you're like clicking gears so that you get that wind breeze to kind of cool you off, you know, a little bit. And Loretta, there never was that. Like, there was, you're always just barely, you know, at a second or third gear, you know. So um, you were feeling the heat more at Loretta's, I felt like. That makes sense. I, I have said, you know, I went to WW last year, and that, to me, the way I felt was like when you open the oven door and that wave of heat hits you, but it was like that the entire day. You were always in that wall of heat. And Loretta's wasn't far off that humidity-wise. Even in the shade, watching you guys, I was just dripping sweat. And I'm not even out on the bike in full gear. So, yeah, it was just down in that hole and very little airflow in most of the places. It was it was rough. And I, th I think a lot of riders um, had that issue. You know, I, I reached out to Bogle and the team, and uh, I, I got the response. That's kind of what happened and they, with the second moto. And they said the heat got to him, too. And kind of like you, you know, he hasn't been racing and uh, sort of been out of just kind of getting back into it. And it, it's very hard for you guys to prepare, no matter how many motos you do for race intensity in the heat of the summer. It's just, you can't, you can't mimic that. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. So the end of the moto, you know, it was more just mentally 
uh, tough, I guess, you know, and I, I, I can suffer pretty good. Um, I'm used to putting myself through that, but, um, being away from racing and not in that intensity, um, you know, for since last, like my last national was Unadilla of last year. Yeah. So I've had some time, I've had some time off, um, from the actual racing scene. So, um, I guess I'll, I'll put it at that. That's why I suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of funny you mentioned that, man. I, I'd say in this series right now, dude, 20th is not that bad. Like, like how, how stacked is this class and how, what's the most you, it's the closest year that you've seen it this stacked or does it feel that stacked to you in, in past years? Um, yeah, I would, I would say the last year, or two have been pretty aggressive you know they've been pretty pretty stacked um but even like for myself like you know i've raced i went pro in 09 so i've done it a while and um you know i missed a few years here and there but for the most part i've, I've been on the scene for a while and so i i always look at the pace that what i'm running in the pace of first or the pace of fifth to see the difference in lap times and and i know okay i'm i'm running I'm where I should be if I'm four seconds a lap off of Tomac or something, just throwing out a number, you know? Right. And then if if all of a sudden I'm 10 seconds off, I'm like, wow, I'm really sucking today. Like, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, I don't really go off of a position of 20th or 10th. I go off more of my difference in lap time Smart. off of first. Yeah. So. Well, are you, how do you feel about your results from this weekend? All things considered. Um, all things considered, I guess it is what it is. I'll take it. Uh, 2020 for 24th overall. That's pretty sweet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, it's definitely not what I want or what I'm going to be, uh, doing, you know, I, but, but it's first race. So it's, it is what it is. It's over with. And, um, uh, I'm the only one to blame. So I had to just work on. Uh, some more intensity, some more flow, and um, you know I should be up in the, the 15 range, I believe. You know, maybe even I don't know. I, I I honestly feel 10 to 15 every weekend is where I where I should sit. So, um, and that's you know good start or bad start. I right. should be in that range. Well, um, I'm sure as a privateer, you know, with your uh, your dad out there helping you out, that you're very thankful. You're not going to Washougal. And sticking to Loretta's, yeah. um, have you heard anything about like the weather expectations for this weekend? Same as this past weekend, or better? Or do you even know? Um, yeah, it's going to be worse. Oh shit! <laughs> okay, fantastic. Well, awesome. yeah, um, uh, it's going to it's so uh, last weekend or whatever it was fifty percent Thursday, Friday, and then zero on Saturday. Right now it's saying forty. Forty percent Thursday, Friday, and fifty percent Saturday. Oh my! So okay. So the only the only thing I can hope for is maybe the track crew learned a little bit on their prep because when I showed up Thursday, they had already they had already tilled and prepped the track like it was ready to go, um, and then it poured down rain, so it really saturated the ground and made it super soft. Um, so I'm hoping they seal the track until Friday night midnight or something get out there and till it up just before practice 
because it's going to be soft, guaranteed. It's going to rain Thursday and Friday. And then I would expect for sure you're going to be riding in the rain at some point on wow. Saturday. Yeah, so good uh, – something to be excited about. Uh, hopefully uh, – It's Loretta's. That's yeah, exactly. You get. <laughs> well, hopefully you'll have that uh, X-brand clear vision with uh, on, on Saturday. A um, couple more yep. things. Do what? Did you say something, Ben? Uh, no, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. So I want to talk about a couple more things. Um, you recently moved, made the move to Colorado. Uh, what what brought that move on? Left Texas, get up there. Uh, I, I know, obviously, it's prettier up there, but what 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 really brought the move on? Um, well, my wife and I have lived in Dallas for five or six years, and um, we both really enjoy being outdoors, especially, you know, we go to Alaska once or twice a year, um, you know, back home where my family's at. And um, when we come to the Na- uh, Thunder Valley National and stuff out here in Colorado, we really like it. Um, the outdoor lifestyle kind of suits us pretty yeah. well. Um, and and we just decided it was time to, for a change, and we just said, hey, let's just go. Um, so we just packed our bags and, and uh, found a house out here. Um and moved to Colorado. It was really just a, a lifestyle change that okay. we wanted. Um, and I also was talking to some track uh, owners out here and, you know, some other side uh, businesses to make some money, you know, that way I'm not just solely relying on racing. I have some other income. Um, so it all just kind of worked out. And, uh, yeah, so we moved out to the Denver area up in the mountains, and it's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Obviously, I follow your wife on Instagram, and she does a lot of photography and um, some, some sto- IG stories, and it's, it de- it definitely looks beautiful. And I can tell she's having a good time. Other than uh, the outdoor lifestyle and breaking her wrist recently, man, that sucked. But she's a trooper. Yeah, it was her elbow. Oh, it was but, the elbow. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, we were we were riding mountain bikes, and and she uh, had a spill and <laughs> broke her elbow, but. It happens to the best of us, so. Definitely. So, yeah, so, Ben, we were talking a little bit earlier about how we, uh, I, I kind of always thought you were a Texas guy. I didn't even realize that you were from Alaska because um, you've, you've been here for a while, and I've kind of gotten used to seeing you at the Pro Challenge every year because we, we know we're right down the road from Swan. And uh, I was kind of wondering if you were had any plans on being that. I know that's usually after the season, and now this year it's in the season. And kind of just races like that, do you, do you gain more – from pro purses like getting you know second and third first and those or do you get do you benefit more from you know being at the actual nationals um yeah good question you know there's a lot of uh benefit to the uh local races uh, especially the ones with um pro purse like the pro challenge um i've done it every year for a long time so um if you can go there and clean house i mean you can really make a lot of dough but um to do that is pretty rare um and it's really hard to to get you know 250 and 450 set up and to clean every you know clean uh take everyone's money but um if you can be if you can be top three uh in both classes it for sure is worth it you know but if you have a problem in your fifth or something like eighth or something you're better off to just do the national okay yeah i was going to ask you because we were talking before we got on the phone with you and 
Uh, he mentioned that question. And then Kenny Watson has a race that he's promoting down in Tampa on the 28th, which is the same weekend as Ironman. That's supposed to be a big money race. And he's trying to get some guys, you know, like Bowers and maybe yourself and Chiz to come out and race that and maybe make make some extra money, you know. But, yeah, that, that decision, I guess, has to be based off whether you actually – can make you know you gotta you basically need to win to make the money yeah i mean um there's a few guys that have won uh both classes both of uh, both days um and and you make quite a bit of money sure. but um like i said it's hard to do that so and, and for me you know i i you know with some of my sponsors that are supporting me you know they they want to be seen on tv and they yeah. want to you know i have commitments with them um, and the recognition that I can give them through the pro motocross series, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a commitment for myself to, to do the whole series for them. Sure. Um, and then, you know, if, uh, Trey wants to postpone that race two weekends after, I would assume that a lot more people will show up. It, it would be a smart business decision. We'll see. He, Trey doesn't always listen to the, to the, uh, What's the advice of others, but we'll see what happens. He, and he might. Yeah. yeah. Jack, I, I believe it's the weekend of the Thunder Valley National. Yeah, I think um, you're right. Yeah. So for me, it's like, well, this is my home race now. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I want to race here and um, and just wait. You know, the next weekend's Paula, which, I mean, who knows if that'll even happen. But, yeah, Paula's the next weekend. I mean, make it. Well, that would be... October seventeenth or eighteenth, yeah, there will right. be a handful of people there. I mean, it guaranteed have a full gate. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he'll I, make that decision. I, I definitely would make the drive out if he did that for sure. Oh, cool, good to hear. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll send him. I I got a no tray a little bit. Maybe we should get a couple of people to kind of, you know, we'll go get a couple of signatures and get yeah, him to maybe yeah. see what see what he does. Um, you mentioned your your sponsors a little bit and. I, I, we're, you know, it's kind of the in the industry. I know they talk about it a lot on Pulp, where it's like what what has to happen to get the privateer guys somewhere a little bit closer to, you know, the factory guys. So you being in that kind of bubble, what uh, what's some one or two ideas maybe you have that you could you know bridge that gap a little bit between the factory guys and the privateer guys? Well, that's a tough question. Um, <laughs> More money but, for the privateers. Um, yeah, I mean it's. The, the biggest thing for sponsorships is, you know, you, you can't always just, oh, I need, I need this, I need that. You, you got to give back. So, um, however you can, um, provide that company with promotion or, or, you know, some way of recognition and helping them sell product or whatever, whatever it is. Um, that's the number one thing. Um, you know, the, the factory teams definitely have more pull because of, you know, their factory or they're on a team and they have this big semi or billboard that they can, you know, drive down the road and, and showcase for 32 rounds or whatever it is, you know, um, for, for a privateer, it's definitely harder because, you know, I'm not at the front of the, of the group, you know, um, maybe mid pack. So you have to kind of find your little clicks here and there to get them recognition. That way they can support you with more money and, um, kind of works both ways. Right. Well, speaking of the sponsors, I don't think I've had you on the main show since the Iowa race. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, that's the race where you kind of debuted your KTM and UFO gear. 
Um, you told me a little bit about it, but you know, why why did you choose to make the the switch on bikes, and then also from fly to UFO? Yeah. So, um, bottom line, it was just Honda didn't they didn't uh, have the support to get me bikes really, mm-hmm. um, and that was the main thing was I was going through a dealership out of Texas that um, that was providing Hondas and. Um, they stopped that, and then so Kate added a KTM dealership that I was friends with in uh, Arlington, SLM Racing, and um, they were all about it, and they wanted to help. KTM was interested, and um, so they were uh, able to provide me with some bikes, so, so that was number one thing. Um, plus, I really enjoy the KTM. It's a great bike. Um, the durability is very good on it, and it's, I think it suits my style pretty well. Um, just the way that I ride the KTM, it feels really nice. Um, and then with UFO, um, I wasn't without racing supercross, I wasn't in any type of fly contract, um, cause I didn't, I wasn't racing. So I didn't, there was no reason for me to sign. I didn't have racing plans. And, um, I went to, I got that fill-in ride with the Honda team midway through the supercross season and they were with FXR. So I went to them. Um, just for the, the, uh, weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I never, I never was in a gear deal. Um, and after I talked to fly, um, about racing outdoors, um, it was already so late in the season. They had already done all their budgets. They, they sponsored all their riders. They didn't, they weren't really in a spot to, to give me anything that was, that UFO was. So they were totally understandable. Um, I was, you know, straight up with them, like, you know, they, there was no hard feelings and yeah. it's awesome. They've been behind me forever and Max is, and all the crew at, uh, fly is phenomenal. Um, and UFO just had a good, good deal. And they're, they're a European brand, um, trying to make their way a little bit into the U S scene. Um, and I, you know, had a relationship with UFO from plastic and, and kind of some years passed, um, and they were like, hey, do you want to do this, and here's what we can offer you to do it, and I said, yeah, so it was kind of a no-brainer, but um, yeah, so it was just uh, negotiations in the time of year, really. Right, well, I mean, I think it worked out. You look good out there on the bike, and uh, I definitely, uh, it's hard, it's it's not easy, it's not hard to find you, that uh, that fluorescent orange you had on this weekend, man, or at least, on, yeah, when I, on Saturday, Look good, dude. That's just popping, and uh, I, I I definitely look for you to get up there where you're wanting to be in that top fifteen. I don't I don't think you're gonna have too much of a problem with that personally. Um, just, no, yeah, I, I'll be there. I'll be there. Give me give me a, uh, another race or two, and I'll be there. Right on. Well, uh, Ben, man, I uh, always appreciate you having time for us. It was great seeing you this weekend. Uh, not gonna I personally not gonna make any more of these things. Unfortunately, it's just too restrictive for us to get any content they're not allowing it so no reason to spend the money um so i'll be at home watching on tv but i'll be i'll definitely be pulling for you bud i appreciate it thanks so much for the support and uh bringing me on the show absolutely man and i i uh i texted cheryl a couple weeks ago i've got a little relationship type game that i've been doing on instagram once you get some time home i need to get you two together and uh we'll see how well you know each other (laughs) okay All right, Ben. Take care, bud. Thanks.
All right, you, all right see ya. See ya. Ben LeMay, good dude. Yeah, I, um, I've met him for the first time. I, you know what? I just realized, like, every time I end an interview, I always say, good dude. Good dude, yeah. Yeah, every, uh, and, every time. Sorry, listeners. That's one of my— uh, I'm like, yeah, he's chill. Yeah, it's one of my crutches. <laughs> I've said it like four I, times, I apologize. <laughs> but anyway, I think I met him at Swan, at Approach Challenge. The first time was probably 17. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time I met him and always, always has time for me. So yeah, yeah, he's like you said, good dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the the idea of Trey changing the date for the pro challenge would be, to me, it'd be a lot smarter. I mean, like, who's the, gonna come otherwise? He gets like that's where because you know that's what I notice. The, all the people that come and race like the because I race the whole series pretty much. Yeah, and it definitely like all the classes double on that yeah. weekend. Because I mean, because they want to come watch. Like Cunningham's not racing right now, so he might do. Maybe it. he shows up, right? But. John Short's starting the Nationals at Ironman. Yeah. So, and he's I think, usually he, I think he's going to try to finish the whole series. And so he wouldn't, he probably wouldn't be there. He's one of our local guys. Uh, Curran Thurman's going to try to run them all. So he's not going to be there. Yeah. I, I don't it, know who would show up. It may be just, you know, it, if he doesn't change it, it's going to end up being like the guys that, you know, it might be, it might be just a different perspective. Maybe, like the guys, maybe that, we'll sign up. Yeah. Have some well, fake all the local guys, you know, money. Yeah. maybe guys like doc and some of those other guys yeah, can kind of get true. in there and get some yeah. money. But who knows? Who knows if he changes it? I'm, I actually might, I think I am going to send him a message and be like, Hey, we were talking to just say any thoughts, any Dude, thoughts, don't mention the show. Don't to not. Dude, to he's got an issue. Somebody told him that I hate that place. And he, we he and I Trey and I used to be buddies. Yeah, but he's not thrilled with me, and he doesn't really like TJ very much. So yeah, don't even mention okay. the show. Just uh, yeah, noted. That might hurt you. No, noted. Yeah, like I I don't feel like we've ever really said anything bad about him. Yeah. I, I have said to, for me it's too fast. Um, I mean, but that's just a I've gotten hurt there a number of times. But I've gotten hurt in a lot of places. But uh, I, the place is just for me it's too fast, and they're like. It's just not. It's not that much fun anymore to yeah. me. It just isn't, and, and it's not really anything against Trey. It's just the way I feel. But I, I, I don't feel like I have bad mouthed him. But I think he feels like I have. Yeah. So, and I feel bad for that. But yeah, I would not. Okay, I got that. Well, yourself. just yeah, just just say in, in a general question. General question. Yeah, yeah I would. You, if you thought about it, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's take our second break, and we'll be back with Darian Hickey. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Entercam. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeastUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorized Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggles. 
Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm. And for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to eksbrand.com or email darksidemx3 at aol.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then you. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. We are back, and our next guest of the night is brought to you by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which were created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Whether you drive sprint cars, uh, race motocross, side-by-sides, Blood Lubricants has what you need. Visit Blood, with a U, B-L-U-D, bloodlubricants.com. Use promo code MOTOX to save. Tonight, Blood Lubricants brings us Darian Hickey. Darian, how are you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Yeah, uh, so for those that may not remember, you were on, or who didn't listen in the past, you were on, uh, well, I don't know, a month ago or so, uh, you were going to race Vegas to Reno solo, and that that event happened this weekend. It uh, did not go exactly how you wanted, but from what I saw, you still kicked some ass. Uh, just kind of give us a little rundown of what happened. Yeah, so, I mean, I was super excited going into the race, and I actually it wasn't normal, but I felt ready for the race. Like I wasn't as nervous as I usually would be. And so going in, we had tech on Thursday. Everything went well for tech. I got my IV done. I felt amazing after that. And then Friday morning, normally it's super hard for me to eat before, um, before a race. So I actually got a pop tart down. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Not me. I hit McDonald's and then I get a, like a breakfast burrito at the track. Man. All right. Yeah. Continue. I'm sorry. So I was able to get some food in my system and I just kind of knew my goal was I just wanted to finish. That's all I wanted was just to finish. So there really wasn't any pressing factors going on in my head. Like, Hey, you need to do this and you need to, to get here and do all this other stuff. Like I just felt really calm, which was a good feeling. Sure. So going going into the race, um, I had third starting position in my class, which is good. But we kind of started towards the back of all the classes that went off. Um, so I was preparing myself fit for it to be pretty dusty, which in in fact it really wasn't. Like Silver State, the race that we had prior to this was way more dusty than this race. So that's 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 a good thing. Yeah, and that's then, definitely a positive in a desert race. <laughs> yeah. So I was going, just moving along, and I know that the first leg, it was only like 30-something miles, so I was like, okay, I'm going to see my, my mom and dad super quick here. So all of a sudden, I'm going, I made a I made a turn, and I'm going, and there are these two dips kind of in the, in the dirt, and I slowed down for them because I didn't want to get all wonky. <laughs> <laughs> and the second one I hit, I slowed down, and all of a sudden, I just feel this impact, and I'm flying off the bike, and... The second thing I know, I'm completely pinned under my bike. 
and mm. I'm screaming and I'm trying to lift myself up and I was face down and the bike was on top of my back and I'm trying to lift myself up and I couldn't get up and I was worried because I'm like, what if someone runs me over? Yeah. So um, luckily the guy that hit me, he helped me back up and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. He's like, do I need to call medics? Are you okay? And I said, I was, I was pretty winded. I'm like, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Can you just please go grab my GoPro for me? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Because my GoPro went flying, so I, I made him get that. And then I got back on the bike, and there was a lot that was messed up with the bike. I was hurting really bad. My back was hurting so bad that I couldn't stand up. And my bars were tweaked. And Scary. it was the whole nine, the whole nine yards. So I, I kind of was like, is this really how my race is going to go? Like, this is something I've really looked forward to. And I'm like, you know what? No, my grip was half hanging on. I'm like, I don't have extra bars. I didn't have extra grips. And I'm like, you know what? I came this far and I'm going to keep going. So I made it to pit one and the guy who hit me stopped and told my parents, he says, I'm sorry, I hit her. Um, and just let them know. So when I got to them, they knew that I was pretty banged up. Um, so they kind of assessed the bike and stuff and made sure I was okay. And then I was like, I'm going to keep going. So I kept going, kept going and kept going through my pits and everything. I got to my next pit crew, which is my best friend, Carissa and her boyfriend, Jake. And I told her, I was like, Hey, I was in a really bad crash and I'm hurting really bad. Uh-huh. And so she she gave me some CBD to put under my tongue, which helped me some to get kind of through. And then I made sure every pit that I ate at least something. So I had little apple sauces. I had mini Cliff Bars, um, pickles, stuff like that. Just I needed something in my system. And so I kept going, and everything after that went pretty smooth until about I kept asking my boyfriend, Art, to keep tabs on the trucks because that I wanted to be aware of when the trucks were coming. Okay, yeah, makes so, sense. So about pit ten, he's like, "Yeah, you got about, you got about a little bit left, and they're they're coming." So I was aware, but I wasn't aware that it like was coming up that fast. Mm. So all of a sudden, I'm going down kind of like a power line road, and here comes a big black heli that flew right over me and went sideways, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I darted right off the side of the course, and seconds later, Menzies comes flying by. And I was so excited that I, like, sat there and, like, cheered him on and put my hands in the air. Hey, because I've so never ex- who, who, what came flying by? I, 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 you're excited by something that I guess I don't know what it is, so I apologize. A helicopter? Oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah, the hel- the helicopter came, and then seconds later, Bryce Menzies came, and I was so excited. I was like, wow, this is so cool. Okay. Um, I, I didn't I, – I apologize, but I didn't know who that was, Menzies. That, that's yeah. obviously somebody that's pretty well-known. Yeah, yeah, he's like he, a big trophy truck guy. I, I See, I need to get into this. I'm sorry. I, like, I apologize no that I'm not educated in the off-road scene. I need to be. Yeah, he's like the Tomac of that. That's Oh, that's badass. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm sorry. Please yeah, continue with I, your story. I just, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries. And I think he was running first. Um, so I figured that I would at least have maybe a 15, 20-minute 20 minute lead to kind of keep going before another one would come. Mm -hmm. But it was like very shortly after another one came and then they started hitting like flies and I'm like, okay, this is kind of stressful. Like I was super excited at first and I was like, wow, because I've never experienced that before ever. 
but I was really smart about it and I knew that that I needed to get out of the way regardless because I didn't want to get hit. Yep. So, and a funny thing is, is everyone's like, oh, you can feel them coming and you can hear them. <laughs> for me, that wasn't the case for some reason. I w- would have never known that they were there. So, so I crazy. had to kind of like have this system down where I would keep going. And once I got to like a safe spot where I can kind of slow down and look around me to see how far back dust was, then I'd kind of gauge where I need to pull over and how long I can still go for. So I did that for, gosh, pit 10 all the way till the end. And it, it got, it got pretty stressful because they started coming like one after one after one. And and it started making my time go down where I had to pull over probably every six minutes for one. (laughs) But that was frustrating. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was super stoked at first. And then once we got to pit 10, I think it was Hawthorne where it kind of goes into the remote pit. Mm Mm-hmm. We go into a canyon where it's very narrow, very, very narrow. And how I've been trying to explain it is these roads, they're graded roads. Like, per se, if it was a snow road that you were going to plow and all the snow that builds up on the sides, that's kind of like how it is. And there's nowhere to go off to the side for me. So, And that's one of the pits that I raced in 2018 with the girls. So I knew that pit and I knew that I was I was freaked out about it because I was thinking, okay, where am I going to move over at? So once I got into the canyon, I was stressing so bad. Like I was so uncomfortable and I was really nervous, but I did the best that I could to scoot as far over as I could. So what I did was is I scooted over and I had to kind of tilt myself and my bike like into the bushes. Because if they were so close that if I could stick my hand out, they would hit it. Wow. So that was that was really scary. And then, obviously, when they go by you, there's tons of dust, so you got to wait a second. And then behind them, there's dust, so it's like you can't really tell if another one's coming. So it's kind of like you had to play with your chances yeah. and just kind of go for it. So that stressed me out. I got to pit 10, and I got to Carissa and Jake again. And she knew that I was totally freaked. And I was just kind of like in survival mode. I was just really anxious and nervous. And the pit crew that happened to be next to us seen that my chain was super loose. So they started to, I kind of got off the bike, kind of ate some pasta and took a break while they tightened my chain. And for some reason, my bike started to go downhill where we had to bump start it every time. And it wouldn't kickstart like normal which really sucked, but I'm glad that we still got it running while it ran. Yeah. So I, so I kept going, still did the same things with the trucks, and then it was still freaking me out really bad. And I was thinking in my head, I'm like, you know what? I need my dad right now. Like, I'm freaked out. I need to see my dad. I need to talk to my dad. So I was thinking that the next pit I was going to be at was my mom and dad. Uh-huh. And it was our good friend Steve and his friend Jake. And I was like, oh, man, dad's not there. (laughs) But Steve was there, and he knew, and he looked at me, and it kind of was an emotional pit. And he gave me a big hug, and he's like, you got this. He's like, I'm so proud of you for the way that you're handling all this, and which made me feel so much better. And That's awesome. And it made me. Yeah, it made me happy because I knew that each pit that I was clicking off, I was getting closer and closer and closer. Yeah, so I so bet then, it, I bet that made it like like you kind of maybe were thinking about like calling it, and but every pit's like, nope, 
I can, I can make yeah. the next one. I can make the next one. That's dude, before yeah. you, that you're a badass, Darian. And I don't know if you, <laughs> you remember when I said, I kind of want to try one of these desert races. I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah, I'm good. For me was, I, the trucks freaked me out. I was just really nervous and that was a big issue for me. So, um, other than that, everything went smooth and minus the crash and everything, but I pushed through as far as I could. And there wasn't one point where I said, I want to give up. Like I was, I, I was a man on a mission and I was determined to get to the end. That's, so then go ahead. Uh, we get to pit 13 and Steve, so the last pit before he sent me off and it was like, there was no more bikes around. It was all trucks and buggies. And so I was running with the big boys and I'm like, okay, this is kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. um, so Steve, we had to bump start the bike at that pit too. And I'm like, man, this sucks because when I had to pull over for the trucks and stuff, I had to keep my bike on so it wouldn't shut off. So what was happening was the bike was getting so tired that even times when I'd pull my clutch in and leave the gas on a little bit, it would just shut off, just stop, like stall almost. So, and then it would take me, when it would kick, it would take me a while to get it going. And I'm like, come on, like we still got, we got more to go. So then I got to the last pit to see my mom and dad. And it was like a whole different atmosphere outside. It was so dark and cloudy and, it was like the Wizard of Oz, the tornado is <laughs> coming. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's ominous. <laughs> so it was a complete different scenery change. And so I got to them, and they were kind of just looking over my bike because I told them, I'm like, hey, my bike is stopping. Like, it's not staying on. And so they were looking over it, and my oil was super low. So we put some oil in it. We cooled my radiators down, and we tried to bump start it like normal and it would just fog out like there was like it was done it was like Darian I'm tired (laughs) (laughs) so I kind of stayed off the bike my mom and uh my mom she was giving me some food and stuff and the boys tried to bump start it so it wouldn't start that way so we had to hook the bike up onto the truck with a toe strap and try to bump start it that way to get more speed going Mm mm-hmm and they couldn't get it going that way either. And I'm like, crap. I'm like, is this happening right now? And there's actually a photo that uh, my friend Jason got where I'm standing there and I'm watching them try to bump start the bike. And it's all dark and cloudy outside. And I'm like, wow, that's that's a cool photo right there. <laughs> yeah. It's, so it sort of sounds like, you know, things were trying to tell you, OK, you you really you, you worked your butt off. You accomplished yeah. a lot, but today's today's not the day. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, our my boyfriend, he was like, her valves are gone. And he knew that they were gone, but he didn't want to tell me. And I think it's because everybody knew how much I wanted this and how determined I was to get there, and I wasn't going to quit, that they're like, okay, if we can get it going, we're going to let her go. <laughs> so we ended up getting it going. They put my, my headlight on me, and it started hammering rain like horribly so bad Jeez. and so it the course got so muddy and there was no more dust anymore which was great but then I couldn't see out of my goggles anymore and I wanted to try and keep them on 
just because, I mean, you don't want to hurt your eyes, you know? Sure. But I was kept wiping my lenses, and it was creating a mud film on them, and I was like, this isn't going to work. So I slowed down and pulled them off and kind of threw them over my shoulder like a purse. And I just remember the rain was hitting so hard. It was like piercing my eyeballs. And I'm like, man, this sucks. <laughs> yes. So, and then at that point in time, I still had to dodge all the trucks. But it was nice because they had like yellow lights or the, the bright LED lights. So I could really see them. Mm-hmm. So I kept going. I crossed over the road. And I started to make the trek up. It's like the last 15 miles where it's really rocky. And I went to go slow down for a car that was coming. And the bike just completely shut off and was popped and was like, and I'm like, oh, no. And I knew that if the bike were to shut off again, I was not going to get it going myself. There's no way. And so I sat there, and I was like, are you kidding me right now? And and I screamed, and I was like, no, there's no way. And so I sat there and tried to kick it and kick it and kick it, put the choke on, kick it, take it off. I tried to do all my little tricks I have, and nothing works. And I'm like, no way. I even pushed it to where I could get, because I'm like a midget. So, <laughs> So I pushed it to where I could step on a rock and kick it, too, and that didn't work. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is horrible. So where I was on the course, what it was kind of in a weird spot where it was kind of uphill, but there was not really a downhill to where I could try and turn around and bump start it. Like, it wouldn't give me enough speed. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, sense. oh, my gosh. And it, at this point in time, it was, like, very getting dark. So... I held my bike up and I got out in the middle of the course and was waving people down to like stop and help me. And for the first hour, nobody would stop. And I started to freak out. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to be stuck out here. And it was pitch black. (laughs) And all I had was my little light. And I was in the middle of the mountains and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the worst. This is the worst ever. And I'm like, I need to finish. And so no one would stop. And finally I had a car stop and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll go, we'll go let them know when we're at the finish. And I'm thinking too, okay, everybody's at the finish. They're so excited to finish. They're going to forget that I'm out here. Oh geez. Yeah. I bet you're scared to death. So yeah. So everyone that kept going by and I was getting so frustrated because everyone that I see out there, like there was, there was probably six guys out there in the desert prior that I stopped for that were hurt that I that I let people know that they were out there you know yeah and none of the cars and the trophy trucks like I get that you guys are big rigs but like come on like I was literally like screaming and like in kind of like in the middle of the course like waving people to stop and help me and they'd just go around and keep going and I'm like wow okay so at that point I was freaking out because one I was stranded out there and two nobody was stopping to help me so finally, I get a couple more people to stop, and they're like, yeah, we'll do the same thing. And so we have these yellow step cards in our packs, and so I already had mine filled out, and I gave it to a guy to take to the finish to let them know that I'm out here, because at this point, I feel like nobody knows that I'm out here. I had my cell phone on me. It had no service whatsoever, and I'm like, well, man, this sucks. So I had some dirt bike guys that stopped a couple were Ironman amateurs and 
they tried helping kick it and they're like, there's no compression in your bike. There's nothing here. And they're like, I am so, so sorry. And so there was, I was just kind of, there's, I felt helpless. There's nothing I could do. I actually thought about cutting that tracker off my bike and walking with my tracker the rest of the 15 miles. And then I was like, that's really not safe. No. So, and then I thought about trying to push my bike, but because it was so elevated and it would just go up hills and down hills, I'm like, there's no way I could do that. So, um, I just was so upset and like numb at that point. It had been probably six hours that I sat down and turned my lights off. And at this point, my headlight went out. It died. So I had no lights except. (laughs) These, like, oh, little Walmart scary. kind of tube lights, yeah. thank God. Um, but I sh- I didn't know how long those those batteries would last either, so I shut everything off and sat in the dark until I would hear someone come by, and then I would use my light and flash it. And it kind of, the way I was sitting, it kind of looked like I was dead, like something had really happened, and I'm sitting on the side of the course dead. So a trophy truck went by, and all of a sudden I hear him stop. And you hear this, and he backs up all the way to me. And they're like, are you okay? Do you need help? And I'm like, please tell somebody that I'm out here. And at that point, I was out there for probably six hours. Oh, my God. And so they're like, okay. And this sounds crazy, too, but I was just at a dire for help that I was like, can I get in there with you? Can can you take (laughs) me to the finish? And they're like, it's not safe. There's no room. And I'm like, oh, God. So I was just, I felt so defeated and being that close to the course. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you're, that's, yeah, don't, you, you accomplished and survived and overcame some stuff that at 45 years old as a male, not that that should matter, but I would have probably not handled it anywhere near as well. I probably after the crash would have been like, yeah, I'm done. So you need to. Uh, keep your, I mean, I know you are have high spirits, be positive and be great. Uh, what's the word? I'm like, what you did was amazing. Um, and that like, there's not, I don't know how I could have handled six hours like alone in the daylight, let alone in the wood in the, or in the desert in the middle of the night. I would have, yeah, no way. You're, you're a badass, Darian. And I think you should be Thank extremely you. proud of what you overcame. You know, you, you yeah, you, you maybe you didn't finish the way you wanted. You didn't win, but you you did something that was pretty unreal. Thank you so much. It it means a lot. And then to go on more, if you would like to hear more of the story. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So it go it goes on. So I've had people stop, try to help me, and then I'm just sitting out there and I'm waiting. I actually had the one of the terrible herbs trucks stop for me. And I was, his co-driver couldn't hear me. And I just learned that they have like extra earplugs, extra cups, extra everything. So they really can't hear anything outside. And so I'm screaming at him and he's screaming back at me. And he's like, I can't hear you. (laughs) And I'm like crying, screaming. I'm like, I need help. And so uh, I look at the driver and I walk up to their, to their truck. And I said, I've been stuck out here for like eight hours and no one's coming to find me. And I've, and I've given away all my stock stubs. And he's like, well, it takes time, honey. <laughs> yeah, eight hours. Of so, Jesus. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. Keep going. It's fine. So 
I'm sitting out there, and I actually put a watch on my bike to keep kind of track of time as I'm racing. Yeah. And I remember when I stopped, it was 7.30, and at the time I was looking, it was like running on 11.30 midnight. And I'm sitting there, and with my head down by my bike, I just leaned it over, and I was trying to kind of doze off just to forget about things because I'd been out there for so long. And I see this truck come coming my way, and I'm like, oh, my God, is that best in the desert coming to save me? <laughs> and this was at midnight, and they come park next to me, and I get up, and I'm like, oh, my God, you found me. And they're like, we're lost. Are you okay? Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, they're like, we're spectators. We were watching the course, and we ended up on the wrong turn, and now we're on the race course. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like, well, I need help. And turns out that they they were watching the race, and it got dark, and they ended up taking a wrong turn and ended up on the race course. Yeah. And so they sat me down, and I was freezing cold because it had rained on me, and I'm sitting out there in the mountains just freezing my butt off. So they wrap a blanket around me, give me everything I need, food, and they're like, we're not leaving you until we find your family. They're like, there's no way. So That's they were like my guardian angels. They're like, this is crazy because there was a reason we took the wrong turn and we found you. And it, it was just a miracle. And I was like, thank God, because I remember sitting there praying on my bike. I'm like, God, please don't leave me out here. And cause I, I thought I was going to be out there till eight in the morning. When yeah, the race, daylight, the right. race is done. So they happened to have found me. And so I got in the tr their truck with them. I ended up leaving my bike there and kind of digging in one of my my flashy lights so someone knew my bike was there. And we drove five miles up the course in their truck. And she's like, I have phone service. And I was like, oh, my God, can I call my dad, please? <laughs> so this was at, like, 1 in the morning. And so I tried to call my dad. He didn't answer. And I'm like, crap. So I tried to call my mom. And she answers. And I'm like, mom, mom, mom. And she's like, Dee, they're coming to get you. So it was a whole thing, and at that point, um, they had the Jeep coming out to get me with the trailer to pick up my bike, and it took him because where I was on the course wasn't a safe place. And even though it was right there to the finish, he had to go all the way around a couple pits to the back way to get to me, which took him three hours. And then he finally got to us. And when I was with the spectators, there's only one way out. So we all had to go out onto the race course. And it took us just that last 15 miles, like two hours to get to get out of there. So we didn't I didn't reach the finish line till 530 in the morning. Good and Lord. I just was so upset. I was I went up to the girls Liz at the finish and I was like, I feel so horrible right now because being that close, I was like, this sucks so bad. And they lifted my spirits and everybody was so supportive. And my, my pit crew was there, Carissa and Jake, they stayed. And I felt so bad because everybody, we knew that when I left my mom and dad at pit 13, that it was going to take me probably 15, 20 minutes to reach the finish. And it took like, 15 hours to reach yeah. the finish line. Yeah. So I, I was thinking, I'm like, I feel so bad. I, 
got hotel rooms for everybody in, in Reno, and everyone's up, scared, nervous, looking for me, and I'm like, this is the worst ever. So, but everyone was super supportive, and they were happy that I was okay, because there was some calls that went in that were medic calls, and which got everyone freaking out. They're like, oh my God, she's hurt, she's hurt. Yeah, I can imagine how scared your parents were and your family and friends. But uh, in the end, you have a really cool story. Um, Darren, we got to kind of wrap this thing up. We've got another guest coming up. But what I'd like to know, first of all, I love your story, and I think it's fantastic. Um, I think this would make a much better movie than Supercross the movie or some of these (laughs) other stupid motorcycle movies. That was my notes. Yeah. It it, it sounds like a movie script. I read your your Instagram. It's it's pretty – it's really an awesome story, and I think you have a lot to be proud of. What I'd like to know before we let you go is will you – do you think you'd want to try it again? Absolutely. And if I do it again, I'm doing – I'm doing it on a 450 because I tapped that bike out and I made it tired. (laughs) Well, Darian, I I think, again, like I said, I think it's an amazing story. I think it's extremely impressive that you fought through, you know, uh, um, and it shows what women can do um, and that a lot of times women are a lot tougher than us men because at least for myself, I told you, I I probably would have just given up. (laughs) Um, and, And I think it's, it's very impressive, and as some, I don't know you really, but I'm very, I'm proud of you, and I'm impressed by you. Thank you so much. It means, it means so much to me. Absolutely. Well, um, feel free to contact us again. You know, if you do some more races, and and obviously, if you do this thing again next year, let's let's do this again. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys for having me on. It means a lot. Of course. Anytime. Um, I hope you continue to feel better. I know you were saying before we got on the air, your back's still hurting you, and. You're probably a little banged up and wore out, but uh, continue to heal up and keep your head up, and um, you've got a lot to be proud of, so thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right, Darian. You have a good evening. All right. You too. Uh, Darian Hickey, that's that's, that's a badass story. Yeah, it's kind of – it's almost like, you know, it's it's pretty cool. Like, it definitely has, like – it's like it's you know it's like a life lesson like and, you know God does those things for for a reason to put us in like you know to teach us something or whatever it is everything happens for a reason and I think she went through a journey and she learns a lot and I I bet she she'll make it next year she's not going to stop ten no, miles no that yeah out next again, time very impressive I I think there's a lot of us um, listening that probably wouldn't have done handled things quite as well I just it's hard to ride you know she's talking about. Like it was hard to breathe when she crashed yeah. and she's banged up and her back's hurting her. I mean, that's it's not easy to get back on a motorcycle and then go hundreds of miles yeah. after that. Not just take, oh, I'm going to take three or four more laps, but go miles yeah. and hours upon hours. I was really, surprised really cool. that I don't understand why they let the trucks go. F- I've afterwards. always wondered that, you know, and I think maybe the faster bikes probably do get done maybe for them. Yeah. But that doesn't make much sense to me. No. Those guys are going to kill. Sounds, I don't know. That sounds like a. Yeah. We need to maybe ask that question again with some more off-road people. Um, but we need to get another quick break and get Ryder D on because we're a few minutes behind schedule. So we'll be right back with Ryder D Francisco. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what, what was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No. No, it's not. It sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, 
higher rev limits and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven dudes Trey, I wear fly shoes, wear fly shoes. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new women's light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. All right, next guest of the night is brought to you by Cherbies USA. For decades, the Cherbies has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories. With products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last, the Cherbies has what you need. So visit CherbiesUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and talk to Brian Fullerton and let him know the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Tonight, a Cherbies brings us the 2020 Super Mini 1 and 2 Loretta Lynn's Amateur National Champion, one of the most badass kids on a mini bike, my buddy Ryder Francisco. What's up, bud? What's up? How you doing? Doing good, man. It's good to have you back on. It's been a little bit. Yeah, it has. So, uh, how's how do those uh, how do those wins this year compare in your mind to the wins you've had in the past? Uh, I think this year I just put it all together. Um, the past couple of years, it's been a struggle to get a title or two titles, but yeah, this year I think I put it together and went win by win by win, and uh, like the dream came true. Yeah. So does. Go winning all six motos. Does that does that really mean a lot to you? I mean, I know the championship's the overall goal, but uh, how much just just undefeated? How much does that mean? Uh, it means a lot. Like it's just now sinking in. I think like, <laughs> right away. Yeah. Like two championships is cool, but going six for six, I think is even cooler. It's it's pretty damn cool, man. Uh, not a lot yeah. of people have done it. Uh, I know I was watching – I didn't get to watch a lot of it because I was working most of the time the races were going on, but I watched pretty much all day Saturday. And, uh, man, Evan Evan was coming for you there a little bit. He seems to be one of your uh, closer competitors right now. Um, it, it, would he be the other guy in that class right now, or is there a couple other guys that, you know, all have, a, a little, have an ability to win? Yeah, I think uh, that weekend he was definitely – one of like second best or, or third best. Um, I think getting on two fifties now, I'm 
going to have a lot more than just Evan. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You got to. Uh, you're going to be probably, I guess, going up against your buddy Jet here soon, and uh, a lot of other kids that are crushing it. Um, what What are your thoughts on that? Like, I'm sure you're excited, but it's a whole new, like, it's a whole new world, right? And there's been kids that are in your position now that when they move to the big bike struggle a little bit. Um, you know, what do you think about that? Yeah, uh, I think I think just taking my time and and getting to know the bike and just having fun with it the first couple of months, I think I'll be fine going into racing and, and starting to put the hammer down. But um, it's it's like a new chapter, new yeah. bike, new everything. It's a four stroke, and uh, <laughs> it's a lot different. Yeah, so you have a really great foundation. Uh, your your dad, Randy, and your mom, Lisa. And your family, man, they, uh, they're, first of all, they're, they're awesome, awesome people. I really still, one that interview I did with them back in, I think, 17 or 18 at Freestone was one of my favorites. Um, that, that's got to be a huge thing, too, to, to have them there and the support and, uh, your mom, especially her excitement watching you ride. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. My dad, my mom and dad are, are something special. And, yeah. And, uh, I definitely appreciate, everything that they do awesome awesome uh i just i just wanted to get your perspective on uh how far you were jumping into the polysport beach because you were the only well there was only like seven people doing that yeah and most of them were like pros on factory bikes and i mean your your, i mean your bike's pretty trick too but like how like (laughs) i kept expecting it to break like at some point that frame has to break like for somebody that's never going to jump a dirt bike that that far just kind of give us a perspective of what that felt like (laughs) Uh, it's definitely like flying through the air. Um, <laughs> I'll it, was, bet. it was it was probably one of the biggest jumps like I've done like to flat or like into a corner like that. But yeah. I mean, it was everything that my super mini had, so <laughs> it was big. Yeah. Did you like again? I I'm thinking this bike. There's no way this bike can handle it. Did you ever worry about that and think maybe I should back it down, or are you just hell no, I'm going. Yeah, a couple laps. Like I pulled away. <laughs> Like one moto, and I like pulled away, and then had like a gap, and then did it. And, yeah. Like I got like kind of sketchy. I was like, oh, okay, well I'm just gonna back her down a little bit and not do it. Right. But, like yeah. I think the first couple opening laps, I would do, I'd pull away a little bit, and then that's where like kind of I'd pull my gap. Yeah, and at your age, that kind of stuff I know is just super fun. Like to me, I was just scared for you. Um, <laughs> back in the the nineties, um, you know, Ricky Carmichael days on eighties. There was a Texas kid named Charlie Bogard. I don't know if you've ever heard of Charlie. Um, I haven't. Okay, so he used to give Ricky in the in eighties like a run for his money and beat him a few times at some amateur nationals. And he was a kid like kind of reminds me, or you remind me a little bit of him. He would like at our local track at Swan, they had a pro section uh, with a super cross section, and there was like this little jump. It was a, it was a right hander and an immediate left, and it had jumps that came halfway across the track. So that if you tried to go inside, you'd have to go over the jump. But they weren't really jumps. They were just to slow you down. And I bet the gap was 70 or 80 feet and between the two. And he was doubling these things and ducking under a tree to make it on an 80. <laughs> and, like, the the fast guys back then in the pro class were guys like Dennis Hawthorne and Billy Whitley um, big, on 252 strokes. And they're like, yeah, we're not jumping that. No way. And that kind of reminds me of what you were doing this weekend. It's just like holy crap there's just something next level about a kid on an 80 that does stuff like that it's uh, 85s now obviously but uh super super impressive dude just badass period yeah thank you and i feel like right there too like 
that's where I'd separate myself from a lot of ever kids. So yeah. So you mentioned right moving to big bikes. Have you spent any time leading up to this season? Like a, you, you go out and get on, I don't know, maybe jump on Carson's bike, or do you have your own big bike? Or just spend any time on one yet? Yeah, I've spent a little bit um, on Reynolds' bike. Like okay, four or five laps or whatever. But um, yeah, I uh, get on a two fifty here soon. Uh, here in like the next couple of days. So oh, nice! It should be fun, and I'm gonna enjoy it. So when when you did spend those couple laps on his bike, like what were the thoughts? Like, oh my God, there's so much power. Did you feel really comfortable? You know, was it? Oh, I got, I got it. I got some learning to do. What did you think immediately? I think it's like any other bike. Like first couple of days are, are always fun, just because it's like something new and and more power and and it handles better mm-hmm. or whatever. But I think this it's it's different. The four stroke, it's bigger wheels, everything yeah. else. So, um, yeah, my time like this first three months is just like have fun and get to know it. <laughs> That's about yeah. it. Okay. Well, yeah, Roddy, you, you kind of been one of those kids. Like, I've, I mean, I've been seeing you in advertisements since you were like on Cobra. So, you, like, you've you've kind of one of those kids that's been a factory rider pretty much since you were like five years old. How do you, how do you kind of like stay in the moment? And just, I mean, what are you for? Are you a fourteen year old kid? How do you how do you stay being a fourteen year old kid knowing that you're pretty much a factory rider already? What what is what's the key to that? Uh, I don't know. Um... You're just used to it? Yeah, well, I asked you that a couple years ago, you know, about the pressures and stuff, and you kind of talked about, like, it's still you're still having fun, and I don't think you were letting the pressure get to you, but you are getting closer to that point now where that pro license is not that far away, right? And those expectations continue to grow, and it does have to be a little difficult to kind of find a balance of still being a kid, but the, the pressure is still there. Yeah, I think I think a lot more pressure comes with the big bike too, because mm-hmm. like this is this is the bike I'll go pro on and and ride my next couple of years of pro. Like it's not a super mini; it's it's a two fifty what the pro guys are running. So yeah, I think there's a little pressure there, but I can't can't get let it get to me. No, I think, and I told you this, you know, a couple of years ago, and I told Jet this and Carson, like you guys have to really mentally focus on still having fun uh I, I i told you i hate to see you become one of those guys like a ryan villapoto that just you can tell is so stressed out at the races like i want you to always have fun like you know i'm sure you i would assume you look up a little bit to like adam c and cirillo and guys like that that are clearly still loving what they're doing yeah uh look i think carson this past year like we hung out a lot and we got pretty close, and before, like, his pro race or getting ready, like, I mean, he was still doing his business, but he yeah. was still having a lot of fun. So yeah. I think I can take a lot from him, and uh, him running top five last week was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I got to see him a little bit Saturday. I was out there this weekend, and he was pretty busy, but I visited with him just for a few minutes, and Bud Man, and, yeah, really proud of that kid. Go ahead, Scotty. Yeah. yeah hey, I, for him. I was watching one of your videos, and he's you and a couple of the buddies, and y'all had, like, yeah, we're doing like a little game and stuff. What's what's your number one favorite game? Like when you're not trying to get your motos in, like what's what's the number one moto game that you guys do? Uh, 
moto game? I or, got the track? Well, yeah, I mean, it just seems like, yo, like, maybe one person would start, and other people would, like, try to pass somewhere. Just, like, what, like, kind of little fun stuff do you do to challenge each other, like, when y'all aren't just, you know, battling out motos? Huh. Uh, probably just go ride and have fun with each other. Uh, walk past or do whatever <laughs> with each other, but, uh, okay. yeah, I think just having fun or, or whipping with each other or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, whipping. I best like, like we told Jared McNeil last week. Like I, I, I have to learn how to whip, but I'm so I don't want to crash anymore. So <laughs> yeah, no more of that. Um, unlike Steve Mathis, uh, I I'm not thrilled you cut your hair, Ryder. But other than that, man, uh, you know, I just I, I don't know. I'm always impressed with you, and I, I just talking to you right now, I can tell. Like it's not, you've matured quite a bit just since the last time I saw you. You know, you were kind of like the little kid before, and. You're you're growing into a young man, um, and, and it's impressive, man. I, I really expect big things from you. Um, what are your expectations going into the rest of 2020 and early 2021 on a big bike? Like, I assume you don't. You're not putting pressure on you. I need to go out and win. It's I need to go out and get comfortable. But really, what what are you putting on yourself as expectations? Uh, well, getting on a big bike. Uh, get myself like sorted out. Mm-hmm. Um, do a couple races just to get my feet wet. This like late 2021, like November, December area. I won't do many O's, but uh, I'll do Day in the Dirt mm-hmm. and then maybe Arizona Open. Um, and then 21, I'll do the Future Class. And yeah, hopefully uh, we have that. Yeah, hopefully, but. Um, We'll do all of those, and then spring nationals will come around. Um, I think it'll be the same schedule as I've been doing the past eight or nine years. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just get comfortable really fast and, and try and learn that pace. Okay, yeah. I'm hoping hoping Supercross works out the way uh, we want it to. You know, I think they said on Pulp last night that if they can't have fans, they're not going to have Supercross. That's what Feld is saying right now. That's kind of scary uh, with the way things are going. But and then, again, hopefully, like, Freestone happens because I'd love to see you come out this way and come visit with you. Um, Supercross Future, so let's talk about that. Uh, you've done it, you know, here and there in the last couple of years. Do you feel like that is a decent um, training ground for Supercross? It's obviously not full-blown Supercross, but, like, what do you think of the format? Because I think they've improved it the second year from the first. Yeah, uh, every year that it goes on, I think it, the tracks get more uh, built up and more and, and more like a Supercross track. Um, and I think it's it's a learning curve for all of us. Yeah. But that's going to help us out going into in the pros, and we won't be so lost. So I think it's it's a help for a lot of people, and for like me, Jet and uh, Hymas, I think I think it's only good for us to do them. Yeah, definitely. Do you does Car? I assume Carson has his own Supercross track. Do you do you ride uh, like? A, have you ridden a full blown Supercross track? Yeah, just getting ready for Monster Cup on a Super Mini, but yeah. I haven't ridden on a big bike. Um, riding one on a Super Mini is pretty sketchy. So, uh, <laughs> I bet. I bet. That's a big yeah. gap. That's a big gap between whoops. Yeah, but like, <laughs> it's like the carburetor. Like it'll like it'll bog out. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Ride away or yeah. like so. Um, Big bike's probably way better on Supercross track. Oh, I can only – well, yeah, for me, I don't want to ride anything on Supercross track, but for you, I can only imagine 
Uh, it's going to be cool to see it. Um, so what do you think about the, the series so far? I mean, obviously we've only had one race outdoors, but Supercross was pretty rad uh, the way it finished, you know, all the races in Salt Lake City. But what do you think of the series overall? Uh, I thought it was good. Um, I think they could have went somewhere else. That was a little better. But, uh, yeah, I think just for them racing and them doing what they'll be able to do at this time is, is cool. So, yeah. Can't complain too much. Do you do you have a favorite rider? I mean, I know you're Team Green, and you kind of got a pull for Eli and whatnot. And you're, but really, do you have a guy that that's your guy? Uh, I mean, not really. Okay. I, I, I thought Jason was cool winning last weekend, but yeah, the moto. I, mean, I like a, I like AC and uh, and everyone else. So I don't. I, I mean. I don't hate anybody. I don't love anybody, but yeah, everyone's cool. I think it's different when you're uh, a rider like yourself who's probably going to, you know, you're going to get a pro contract. I think sometimes it's it's unlike, like, I'm a fan, right? I mean, you're a fan too, but I, I have my guys. Yeah. But we're, you're, you kind of, they're almost your peers or a little bit older, but it's it's probably a little different outlook. Um, so, podcast, man, are you still listening to Pulp pretty regularly? Uh, I mean, I try. I was going to try and call in last night, but I didn't. I don't know. I was busy doing something. Busy, but yeah, this busy I'm kid. Try to, but yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, yeah, of course I called in because I always do promoting the wrap up show. But um, I need to make clear right here on the Moto X Pod show who who which podcast has had your back over the last couple of years the most. You guys, of course. Hell yeah! <laughs> so you remember that uh, in a few years now when when Steve's trying to get you know after your first win. Steve always tries to get the winner, right? And he's on Monday night before us. You're going to have to say, sorry, Steve. Dark Side gets it first. <laughs> always, yeah. dude. Always. Uh, yeah. So how about talk about losing um, your buddy and your longtime mechanic, Akua. Um, you know, I got to know him a little bit. I really, really like that kid. And I, I have, he was part of your family, basically. Um, and I actually talked to your parents about that, you know. And then he, he, had to, he made a choice to do something different. Um was that something that you were, like, was it difficult for you? Yeah, it was super difficult. Um, I mean, I'm still young, so it's not. Yeah. Or I was young at the time. Oh, but, you're still young. Um, you're still young. Yeah. You're yeah. a baby. Um, yeah, it was difficult. Like, the time, uh, Monster Cups, I broke my leg. But, like, the first couple of weeks of getting back on the bike was hard. Like, with nobody mechanic in it for me or or. I had to unload the bike or whatever, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it it was it was hard because he was almost like a brother to me. So um, I think, let alone like working on the bike, but like life life stuff, like going to the beach or or going places. I think that was a lot different too. I didn't really have my my friend by my side at all times, you know. Yeah, I, I thought I, that's exactly what I was thinking when uh, I knew when he said he kind of put on Instagram that he was going to do something else or whatever. I was. I knew that. I figured it would be difficult for you, but um, who you got Richard for you now? I got a kid named Hayden. Uh, he's been with me for probably since December, like late December. Okay. So uh, it's pretty good, and we're, we're figuring it out. Right on. Good deal. Well, man, we've seen in the past you know, a lot of stories, like a couple of the kids, like when, they, when they're taking it as serious as long as you have, they kind of that relationship with their parents kind of gets a little bit like tainted and there's all that pressure who's kind of like the number one guy that like 
Is it your parents that put you, put the, like the heat on you, or who's like the person that kind of drives you to be your best? Uh, I think my parents do a lot, but uh, I mean it's not like super hard putting pressure on me or anything. So um, I mean, I, I think I have like a lot of to do with myself. Like I put a lot of pressure on myself, so and I think they see that. But um, I don't know. I'm pretty self motivated. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I don't. I don't get the vibe from your parents that they're like the crazy moto parents. Like I think they, again, I only seen them a couple times here and there at Freestone or whatever. But I get the vibe that they they push you within reason. Like they're not probably out there screaming at you if you do bad. They're pretty supportive. Um, I, I feel like you have really good parents. Yeah, and yeah. I mean they're they're hard at me at times when when I do something not smart, but. Uh, <laughs> Not, sure. Not occasionally, like when I do bad or or whatever, but yeah, yeah. They're, they're pretty cool. Seems that way. Well, Ryder, man, I just want to touch base with you a little bit. Uh, very, very impressive Loretta's, and congratulations on that. I'm glad you got all six. I know that, like you said, that was a big deal to you. Looking forward to the future with you. Um, just, just impressed by you, man. And I've been a fan. Since I first met you back at Freestone and uh, your jerseys, I, I'm looking at your jersey right now, the 199. We'll uh, we'll have to get get a new one in here since it's not. The, oh yeah. Since it's not the uh, Jimmy John's 199 anymore. But um, thanks for coming on, man. Congratulations and good luck uh, with moving up. Thank you. Absolutely, dude. Take care and just like I said, don't forget, tell Steve, Moto X <laughs> Moto X Pod's number one. Yeah, always. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll see you soon. All right, thanks. See ya. Ryder D, yeah, that's my boy. I, I like that kid, man. He, um, I, I met him also, I think, in 17 at Freestone. Um, that was the first year, I believe, I met him and his mechanic. And, man, he was riding around at pit bikes and the long hair flowing. Yeah. And I was like, this kid's cool, man. And, yeah, I got to know his parents just a little bit. And they're a good family. Good kid. Good kid. Good yeah, kid. He's not a good dude, a good kid. Yeah. yeah, he's a good kid. I think he's going to be a good dude. I think he's going to be one of those guys – that is like an Adam C. and Cirillo, you know, or a Kenny who has personality. Yeah. I feel like, like I met Jet Reynolds, right? And to me, Jet was a little quieter. And I could see Jet being uh, in interviews and the, the, the cookie cutter yeah. type of uh, interview or the cookie cutter podium speech. I think Ryder's going to be fun to watch grow up. I think he's going to have fun with the sport, like an AC, yeah. a Kenny, uh, and, and I hope he. I hope he does not lose that. And we and, and we need that. I was listening to the Whiskey Throttle Show on the way over here, and they were talking about how like Phil hardly even covers the press conferences anymore because they're just so bland and like there's, they're like they're it's just kind of it's suffer through them and nobody brings that. So that'll be cool. And and also I think it's cool that he's kind of like. You know, as an industry, I think we've learned from you know the past, and I think he's kind of the first example of those kids that got the still got the school right, didn't overtrain them, you know, didn't put the too much pressure on them, even though he's had factory sponsorship or support yeah. his whole career. So I think it's kind of he's that example of that new generation of kid that's going to be groomed correctly, and I think it's good I, for yeah, the sport. I hope so. He's good, uh, good, to, good to have him on. I always like having him on. Uh, hopefully, he stays healthy, and you know, I. I Still a coin you hear flip. you hear the guys like Steve talk about you know oh, some of these kids the the, the superstars of the, the smaller bikes it just doesn't always transition uh, I think he's growing into himself I think he's going to be good uh, and maybe it's wishful wishful thinking because I do like him yeah um, but I 
think he's going to be around a long time. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I th- you want to see the kids. You don't want to see the kid go right. all the way through that and then just follow. Yeah, him, him and him and Carson. I I really like those kids and uh, Hunter Yoder. I got to meet, talk to, and Hunter's pretty cool. Um, a lot of the other kids I don't know very well. I haven't had much like uh, like I said. I talked to Jet Reynolds a couple times, but really didn't have any kind of bond with them. Really, yeah. it was just briefly at a track. Um, but we're, they're they're the future, man. Or some of the future of the sport. So it's cool. Uh, let's wrap this thing up so I can get it edited and get it posted. I didn't get called out. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it worked. Once again, I want to thank Ben Lemay. Ryder Francisco, Darian Hickey, very cool story from her. I want to thank all of our sponsors, including Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, the Cherubies, X-Brand Goggles, Extreme Colors, Williams Moto Works. I've got a helmet at Extreme Colors right now. He's painting one of my formulas. Uh, reminder of the Fly giveaway again. Uh, get us your picks in to MotoXPodShow at gmail.com for Loretta's two. I need your top three and 450. Top three and 250. And we need a wild card of 20th place. Get those in. You got it. And don't forget to put the wild card. Some of you guys didn't put a wild card. Some of you guys only picked 450s. We need every, all the points because we're going to tally the points and tally the points from last week. If you didn't pick, put your picks in for the first round, might as well not bother because we're adding the two together. But we're going to give that light gear away next week. Our Patreon subscribers, we're giving away some blood lubricants. Same idea. Give me your top three in the 450 plus a wild card of 16th. We'll get those points to go on. Somebody can win something. Anything uh, else for you? Uh, so what did we decide that the wild card is going to be worth like the same as first? Ten points. Ten points. Okay. So if you get – so if you pick like this last week, a lot of people pick Tickle, and I think our wild card spot was 12th if I remember. Yeah. He didn't get 12th. Had he gotten 12th, I would have given those people a bonus 10 points. But like ninety percent of everybody picked the same guy, so it really yeah. wouldn't have affected it that much anyway. Um, I I don't know if you mentioned it at the beginning of the show because before I got here, but is who's like what's it looking like? Is there a bunch of people close, or is there some people? Yeah, that... so I read the points. I didn't read the names because I didn't want anybody to know right now. But like um, just the ones I have on my sheet: two hundred fifteen points, two hundred fifteen points, two thirty two, one hundred seven, two sixty. Uh, two sixteen, two fifty four. They're getting good so at they're this. All, yeah, they're all right there together. Yeah. It wouldn't take much to uh, win or take the lead. CBD. Um. Oh yeah, shout we out had to Sean Casey mm-hmm. on last show. Oh. I got some of that Icon CBD for my mom. She's working, trying it. And you said you ordered I, some. I did as well. Use the Moto Ten code. Got yep. it on there, and he had it. Uh, it was team. I ordered it on Monday. Well, we did the show on Tuesday. Yep. I think I ordered it Wednesday. Okay. I, I I got it before the weekend. So yeah, me too. He was he was quick on it. Um, I've tried it on. I put it on my the, the back of like the top of my spine, mm-hmm. and like I noticed that like I I fell asleep better. Like you know, nice. I didn't really. It's just I felt relaxed because I carried so much tension, tension in my shoulders. Yeah, yeah. And if oh man, if it was Dude, incredible. I've been I, using it on my neck and my lower back, and. I'm a believer in it now. Yeah, I'm sold. So, you know, he is not a sponsor of the show. He just reached out. But if you guys want to hit him up, man, uh, it's icon, I-K-O-N underscore CBD. The link to the website, I'm almost positive, is in his Instagram. If not, you can Google it, no problem. Yeah, and order some. Let him know you're listening. Uh, It's good stuff. It helps out if you guys have any aches and pains and just use it every day. Any inflammation. Yeah, I'm I'm a big smell guy. I don't like 
pungent stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't really like cologne and stuff that sure. much. And I was kind of hesitant on what it's going to smell like, but it actually smells really good. And it kind of it doesn't linger for very long. It kind of just goes right. in, and then it's nope. I, I agree. I like it. Um, I feel like there was something else I was supposed to talk about. Uh, don't forget to stick around at the end of this. I'm going to tag on the um, Hardy uh, Munoz quick. It's probably like a minute long interview from before practice the other day, but. I'll listen to that. Uh, maybe I don't have anything else. Hell, I don't know. Uh, we're going to be back next week. Hopefully, we'll have uh, some uh, some of the guests that didn't work out this week. Uh, new sponsor coming on September. On September. In September. So, we'll mention that here coming up. And hopefully, we'll have some cool giveaways with this sponsor, at least, you know, here and there. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. I can't think of anything else. If I forget it, whatever. This is what it is. <laughs> Scotty, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. You guys, thanks for listening. If you guys listen to the Pulp MX wrap-up show, please do me a favor and email steve at pulpmx.com. Let them know you like it. Uh, last night during the show, I'm watching on YouTube. I actually got – or was I on YouTube? Yeah, I was on YouTube, not Facebook. And I got a bunch of people that were liking it. That was pretty cool. Uh, steve saw that, and it means a lot to keep the thing going. And if you listened last night, he kind of mentioned after Kenny Watson came on to talk about his race in Tampa – kind of said something about sending me to Tampa, which I thought he was joking, but he texted me today and told me to look for flights. So it sounds like I am going to Tampa next weekend to check that thing out. So that'd be cool. And it's, yeah. it's pretty cool, man. I mean, I like, I feel like what I'm doing, what we're doing with the show is actually making some headway. Yeah. Uh, again, with what Weege, I don't know if I said this earlier, but Weege gave me a compliment with some stuff that he dealt with in the last couple of weeks. It was cool. So I appreciate all you guys listening and being supportive. Uh, the people that I met at Loretta's was really cool to meet some people that listened to Pulp and listened to our show and knew who I was. It always means a lot to meet people that like what we're doing, and we appreciate it. Other than that, we're out of here. Again, stay tuned for Hardy Munoz. But other than that, it's a wrap. Thanks, guys. So Hardy Munoz, you just came off uh, amateur Loretta Lynn's Nationals, and now – going to run the pro national any different preparation any different sense of uh nervousness or is it just racing yeah i mean i'm a little bit more nervous because this is everything new for me all the rules are different and different riders and you know i don't know what i'm what i'm what i'm gonna be now where i'm gonna be but yeah the the training is a little bit different uh, we're doing longer motos but we are right here to give everything were you pretty happy with your uh, amateur week? Uh, what were your end, end results? Well, I didn't race Loretta's this year. Oh, okay, okay. I, I yeah. apologize. Yeah, I raced uh, Loretta two years ago, and I did very good. And I don't know. It's it been a long time that I'm not racing. Okay. So hope, it, hope I do good. Yeah, just I guess just go out there and have some fun and learn a little bit, huh? Oh, yeah. Hopefully have some fun. Awesome, man. It was great talking to you. Good luck. Thanks. Yep.